Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Ooh, welcome back to the 3-0 Take, presented by SeatGeek. This is episode 361. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. What up, doll? So, are we, uh, I mean, as a league, as a sport, are we looking at the conclusion of the 2023 season? Like, are we going to have to cut this baby short because of Canada? Dude. Like, what is going on? It's insane. It's insane. Like, I understand the Northeast. Now it's getting down to your area. It's getting down to the capital. Canceling games. Like, I mean, you're there. So I, is it is it that orange? Or? Well, it's not, as, it's not as much orange. But yesterday I had to drive into work. And I was sitting at a, I was, I, I was sitting at like a stoplight. And I texted Meredith like right away. And I was like we're definitely like it's hitting us now like i can yeah. i can see it because the hate you just can't like the visibility is terrible like you can't see hardly at all it just looks like it reminds me of like when the pollen gets really bad out here like you just can't see anything and then i get into work and then i see the pictures of new york and i'm like that's yeah. apocalyptic that doesn't look right and then you hear about the Nationals game. And then you hear about the, who was it? The Phillies and the Tigers getting postponed. Yep. Like three, three. I think it's three games in the last two days. Those, those six teams. But I don't, <laughs> I, I just don't know how like bad it is because I keep see I keep seeing these headlines where it's like the air quality has been upgraded to hazardous. And then. My my mother in law just texted the family group chat and she and they're ten minutes away and sh- she was just like yeah it feels like we've been sitting next to a bonfire for the last forty eight hours and I'm like this isn't good and then you got people whining about these games not being played and it's like well if it's as bad as they say it is how can you expect these guys to go out and play like I yeah I'm trying to find. It's funny, like type I type in like Canadian wildland fire and all everything's just about the US. It's it's just all about like our cities being affected. I'm like, all right, well, obviously there's people in Canada struggling. So I'd like yeah, to Yeah, I'd say Canada probably has it pretty rough right now probably too. Probably getting it a little bit worse. Um Yeah, that's crazy, dude. I see like the live picture of of uh think it's a lincoln memorial yeah yikes yikes it's creepy in new york though i don't know why it's extra creepy there it looks like a like a like a scene out of batman dude like it looks nuts. it really does yeah Yeah. and i didn't see anything about it until i I was scrolling some ig stories and i came across gavin sheets Cause they're, they were in town obviously. And mm-hmm. like the whole team's out on the field, just like taking video of it kind of yeah. like, 
I don't want to say soaking it in because you don't yeah. exactly want to be soaking that in, but they're just kind of taking a look at this Batman esque scene. Yeah. And then immediately I, you just see all these like major outlets starting to post about it and then, and different camera angles and different spots around New York. Like the, what, what is that? The, uh, is that the GW bridge? No, is that in, no, that's DC. What's the, what's the bridge there in New York? Which one? Is I think it is the GW Bridge actually Brooklyn Bridge. It's one of the one of the bridges. Anyway, cool. It was, it was like a ghost town, dude. It's yeah, it's just very very strange. And I think we know from from the last few years that New Yorkers don't do well when having to stay inside. No, they don't do a, a very. They're I don't think they cope very well with that. So, um, yeah, dude, it's just weird. Like it. You never it, baseball never fails to show you something new each year. This is just one of those things where it's like it doesn't even have to do with baseball, but this is new. I can't remember ever seeing something like this. I saw uh, not just like base, not not just talking about baseball, but just like as a world. I saw a funny tweet yesterday where it was talking about it was like seeing these headlines telling you that you can use your mask from the pandemic to protect yourself from the wildfire smoke that's engulfed the East coast tells you we're in a good, we're in a good time in history. Yeah. I'm like, it's a, it's a crazy, yeah. crazy time right now. We'll, this, this era will certainly be talked about in the history books, but all that to say, I don't know how many more baseball games are going to get canceled. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, we saw the, the diamondbacks nationals already get squashed. Yeah. I can't imagine the white Sox and Yankees are supposed to have a double header. I don't know. That's scheduled to start in like three hours. So who knows? Yeah, because that's that? a that's like a four p.m. seven p.m. thing that I saw. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So who knows about that? And then I mean, like I, I don't is the it's not it's if it's that bad in D.C. I can't imagine it being better in New York. It's not like it blows over. I think this the fire's still going. So who knows, man? Wild. This just pushes for that camp that has been begging for all major league baseball teams to have a roof. No, don't put that out there. It's just, We're not going to talk pushing about that. for that. We're not going to talk about that. What we are going to talk about is uh, the fact that we have a rather lengthy voicemail on deck. It was Buckle actually, up. it was a two parter that I actually had to, I had to uh, merge together. So oh boy. buckle up. I, I don't know what it's about. I just saw that it was a two-parter. I had to merge it. and I think I have a theory of who it is. I have a, I have a prediction. I don't know. I won't drop it. Yeah, I don't know who it's from. I didn't, I didn't listen to it ahead of time, so we'll see what we got. You know Jack, dude. Okay, let's let's try that again. Nate's telling me he can't hear the voicemail. Let's run. <laughs> let's run this back. Oh, so that means you, I had it on preview. I didn't have it on live. So that means you didn't hear our. The I didn't intro hear the either. intro music either. So I was like, oh, all right, we're just hopping right in. Just all right, freaking hot start here. All right, well, let's run that back. Let's see if it works. What's up, guys? It's uh, hey, there we go. Jack here. Um, you're one of your biggest 
Cardinal Jack. Fans, who's a listener. Um, listening to the episode you guys released on, it's like June, whatever, June 5th today. Sure. Um, so, you know, they may have turned it around um, by the time you guys listen to this, but. He sounds defeated. You know, I, I just think uh, this team is really lukewarm. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there's just a lack of leadership right now. Um, there's just a massive Yadier Molina hole in this team right now. It's pretty obvious. Um, then you bring in Albert Pujols last year, who comes in pretty seamlessly and is embraced by the entire team um, outside of Ollie Mormol, if you ask me. Um and then, you know, you have that, you know, you have all that camaraderie last year, even though it wasn't a great result. Um, there's a lot of positive energy, and I think that's something that would have carried over into this year into a, a pretty damn good team, if you ask me. Um, but having it and then having all those young guys, and then all of a sudden you have these two massive leaders leave, um, I think uh, the team's just a little lost right now. Um and then if you add the, the lack of consistent closing relief pitching and the just complete uh, lack of um, dependable starting pitching, I mean, guys can't even get to the sixth inning. Um, if you add that in along with the leadership hole, I, uh, you know, this is not a surprising result so far this season. I think a lot of Cardinals fans could tell you that. Um, I am fully on board with firing Ali Mormel. I don't there think we go. many fans wanted him there in the first place. I think a lot of fans liked Mike Schilt. Mike Schilt had a great rapport with a lot of those young guys, um, and he was really building something. Um, and he left abruptly, which kind of tells you that there's some drama at the upper levels that we're not privy to. Um, privy, so, you good know, word. My stance is, yeah, I mean, at this point, the season – while a little premature to say this, seems like a wash. Um, so, yeah, let's get rid of Ollie because, you know, he's got no personality. You know, he, he doesn't really seem like he gets along with his with his guys. He calls them out, which is not appropriate thing to do in the media. Um, and, uh, you know, I just don't really think the fans are taking to him either, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, you know, my stance is uh, folly uh, – Sorry, fire Ollie, and uh, you know, I'm sorry. This is going to be a long voicemail, but <laughs> sorry, this is the second voicemail because I'm long-winded. <laughs> um, Benji Molina said on a radio show recently that Yadier Molina wants a head coaching job next year. Um, so I think Ollie probably feels pretty threatened by that. Um, I think all the fans want Yadier Molina to be our head coach as well, and I uh, would love to see Abba Pujols come back as the hitting coach. I think that spark comes back and, uh, you know, frankly, fire Ollie right now, bring Yadier Molina back. The energy's back. The fans are back. The team's back, in my opinion. Bring in some, some DFA pitchers, see how they do, build a starting rotation, and uh, see what we can do in the wild card, if you ask me. But I think that it all is contingent upon firing Ollie at this point. So um, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but uh, a bad season is us fighting for a wild card. So, you know. I understand. I have some privilege, and I'll take it. So, anyway, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Old Jack Jack needs Couple, some therapy, some three O therapy. Hey, that's what we're that's what we're here for. That's what the voicemails are for. 
Uh, a couple, couple quick thoughts, real quick. First, I owe an apology to Alex Cora, and you're probably wondering why you're talking about Alex Cora. I, if I recall, I believe I had in the early stages had made a comparison between Ali Marmel and Alex Cora because I, from the limited, uh, the limited amount of involvement we have seen with Ali Marmel at that point in time, when I, when I believe I made that comparison, I maybe didn't make this comparison. I'm just in my head, but I think I did. Sounds right. the limited sample size we had at that point in time, I thought, you know, he he's still getting his feet wet, but he seems like a, a player's manager. That's turned out to n- just completely not be the case. So to Alex Cora, I apologize because you're head and shoulders above Ali Marmol as a manager. My second quick point is that he mentioned Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols coming back. I'm fine, and I've we've talked about this before. I'm okay with any former player like that holds a relative like legend status. I'm mm-hmm. okay with him coming back in any capacity, except a head coach. You want to bring mm-hmm. Albert Pujols back as a hitting coach? Mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. Yadier Molina, you always it doesn't matter who it is. You run the risk of that legacy being tainted if they come back and just. Yeah, fall straight into the floor. Like it, that's just a reality yeah. of it. So I don't know if if Cardinals fans want to run that risk, but at this point, anything's got to be better than than Ollie. So get Ollie out of there. Yeah, I I think uh, Ollie's got to go. We know that. Uh, we've agreed on that. Um, I, I think what Jack said about the front office is something that's kind of sticking with me, and I think there's a lot a lot of things we don't know. Um. But it's it's to me like you you go back over the years and you talk about the names that they had and the names they've given up, you know, Randy Rosarena being one of them. Just big players, big strange decisions. Um I just I don't I don't understand. I'm I'm really lost. Um Talk about missing leadership. Goldschmidt is obviously one of those lead by example, not a vocal guy. I don't think he's ever going to be a spotlight guy. Nolan, it seems like he can be at times, but it's it almost has to be when he's going well. Um, whereas you know you have like the toughness of a Yachty, the toughness of a catcher that will pro- provide. provide positivity towards the game and somehow like obviously the stick wasn't there for the last few years but like the catching leadership and controlling the rotation controlling your your pitching staff um having that vocal leader it's like yeah that's definitely a a missing piece especially when it seems like it's kind of an eggshell clubhouse you know what i mean you're walking on eggshells because your manager is gonna call you out at any point um, I mean, it's safe to say there are some fragile egos in yeah, that clubhouse. Yeah, uh, it's just it's it's odd to me. I don't. I've, I'm really not understanding the Wilson Contreras scenario. Like you, you bring them in, you give them all this money, and then you want to full time DH them. 
but also sprinkle him in as a catcher. It's just, I just don't understand. There's an identity crisis for sure. And it's throughout the entire organization. So I'm curious to see who's going to get moved. I'm curious to see who's going to be shipped out of there this year. I'm, I, I think I'm about done. I think I'm about done with St. Louis for this year. So I still believe. Do you? I still believe. I mean, obviously the, the, the division isn't, it isn't anything crazy and, and it's something that they can make up for, but I could see them being a somewhat of like a, I think what what's going to happen is Ollie gets fired soon. I Ollie said gets June 13th go. and that's yeah. next Tuesday. I was pulling up the calendar. That's next I love Tuesday. It. I love it. I think Ollie gets let go soon. You give your, you give your team a chance to respond Maybe have a little bit of a wake-up call. Find a second wind. We see it all the time. Most recent example, Philly Rob being, you know, replacing Joe Girardi. So you could see something like that happening. But you got to do it at a point where you have enough time as an organization. If you do that around or post-trade deadline, then you're kind of stuck, right? So give your team enough time to respond. If not, you're sellers. If they do respond, you hold on to your guys, you add a couple pieces, and you go try to make a run. But you got to give your team enough time. Um, and and it's it's crazy to me. We're still we were shocked about the Mike Schilt firing. It didn't make sense at the time. You hand over the keys of an organization that expects a lot. And like Jack was saying, a bad season is a wild card appearance. So to hand the keys over to a first time manager. And I I don't think you can have this long of a leash. I don't think this guy lasts all year. So got to go and got to make some moves. A move that the Texas Rangers are making are sending Jacob DeGrom to the knife for the second time in his career. Tommy yeah. John, fresh off a five-year, $185 million deal over the offseason, has not pinched, pitched since April 28th. The announcement came a day after he was transferred to the 60-day IL. Uh, look, I... I have really mixed emotions about this. Part of me wants to say, like... I'm not surprised, which I know is not the most polite sentiment at this point in time because I know he's going through it. I'm sure Rangers fans are going through it. But at a certain point, you had to expect that this was a – or you had to assume that this was a real possibility. But then on the other part of it, I – like, as just a guy, like, you feel for him because we we saw the video where he's he's trying to – make sense of everything that had just happened over the last 24 hours and he was he was going through it and I just hate tears. you hate to see that yeah especially I I think it's a little bit different when when your team is doing something you know the Rangers are are on something right now I think earlier than most people expected 
So it's, it's, and you heard that in the interview where he's like, man, I, I just, I wish I was out there to help these guys. I wish I was there to be a part of this with my team and produce with my team. And I'm sure there's some guilt behind it. You know, Hey, I came in with prior injuries. I signed this mega contract and now I'm, you know, kind of tying one hand behind the Rangers back. Um, it, it sucks. It, it does suck. And, and I feel bad for baseball fans because it's like, obviously we'd, we'd prefer to see him pitching. He absolutely has the stuff to be the best in the game. But like, at what point, man, at what point are we, are we just over it? Just over it. And, and I'm so, I don't even want to go into these Mets fans, by the way, that are like, I told you so, I told you so. You're a garbage trash organization. Don't even, just stop. Okay? Stop. Don't, yeah, the don't o- even <laughs> tune in into this. The only reason Jacob DeGrom is getting emotional this time around is because he realizes that the team he currently is employed by actually has a chance to do something. The and reason, appreciates him. The reason he just was done with the Mets is because he recognized I could go out there and throw nine innings of shutout baseball, but my team's going to lose it. Yeah. In the 10th. Yep. And this is, that was his reality for his time in New York for his tenure. But now he's here. He's going, I'm currently pitching for one of the best teams in baseball. And now I have to be dealt this decision. Mm-hmm. This reality, yeah, for the second time, that's that's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Even with his history, Tommy John, just it it rings a little different when you hear it. it this isn't this True. isn't back spasms. This isn't Oblique. hamstring yeah. strains. Like this, as a pitcher, that is that is how you make a living. And for this to be the second time around. You you just hate it for him, but yeah. To your point, the the Mets fans are just digging themselves a hole. Like, yeah, shut up, just shut up. No, I I don't want to talk about them. Trash. How um, I wonder how much of a role Nathan Eovaldi is going to play. Not for him stepping into the ace role, and he's doing it seamlessly. But for him to be able to kind of coach DeGrom through this, you know, like Ivaldi is the blueprint of a two-time Tommy John. I'm not going to say survivor. That's stupid. But you know what I mean? Um, Recipient. Yeah. So to be able to come back and still still do his thing and, and recreate himself in certain ways. Um, and almost be better than he was before. Um, I, I think he's gonna be a uh, he's gonna be a big part of Degrom in this recovery process. And yeah, I I I mean we're looking at twenty twenty five basically, right? So yeah, crazy. I mean w- with the Evaldi, you you certainly don't want anything internally in that clubhouse to change because I I think if you're the Rangers you've been going about this the whole time going 
we're just going to have to play as if we're not going to have DeGrom at any right. point this year. And they've done a great job. I think they've proven that they're more than capable of holding it down without DeGrom. Um, but I would hate for Eovaldi to take the reality of this news and apply that added pressure to himself to try to be somehow better than he already is because he's already one of the best pitchers in baseball at this point in time based on what he's done. But I would hope for his sake that he, that nothing changes in in terms of how he approaches his outings in terms Mm -hmm. of how he views himself in that rotation on that team. Because Mm -hmm. if you try to change too much, if you try to somehow take on, the responsibility of being Nathan Eovaldi and Jacob DeGrom, you may end up as a nobody by the all-star break. You right. Nobody's going to be talking about you at that point. But if you can just continue to stay Nathan Eovaldi and do what you've been doing, you'll be, I, I genuinely believe that the team will be, will be fine because like I said, they've proven that they can, they can do without DeGrom as, as big of a name as that is to lose their, I mean, the the standings reflect their reality right now, and they're just going to have to figure out a way to keep keep trucking along. You ready for a bold prediction? What do you got? They're going to fill this rotation with a name. You ready for that name? Ooh, it's June 8th, and we're making yeah. hot stove predictions? Yeah. Who do you got? Giolito. Really? You think Giolito likes the change of scenery down in down in Texas? A little something, something new. A little something, something new. Like, think of, I mean, you've got a rotation of guys that have found, like, this second wind in their career. You know what I mean? Eovaldi's been good. But Heaney, Martin Perez, bring somebody in that, like, hey, Take him under this wing. You had great success earlier in career. You kind of scuffling a little bit lately. Come on over. Let's teach you some stuff and give you to the world's greatest pitching coach. And boom, you're fixed. Um, he's said to be a free agent next year, right? I think he I is. I believe so. Yeah. I think he is. So it's just a rental. Um, I doubt it's like a sign in or a trade in extend kind of situation. It's probably just a rental. Um, but like, why not? You know what I mean? White Sox most likely will be out of it. So they're going to, and even if they're not completely out of it, I still think they're going to sell some pieces. I think TA goes, I think Giolito goes. So yeah, I think, I think old Gio is going to be a pretty solid option. What do you think? Not, not crazy. No, I mean, unrealistic. I, I think if you're the White Sox, that's probably the most realistic scenario is, again, I've said it every episode for the last month, it seems, I still believe in the White Sox in that division, but I think that's the most likely scenario is... Trade a couple. They still try to make a push in that division, but recognize, hey, we're not necessarily going all in. There's mm-hmm. no need to go all in with the way the essentially first half of the season has played out let's still give it the old college try but let's get rid of some pieces that we can yeah set ourselves up for yeah get uh, something for them better next year and beyond um but yeah not a not a bad thought thanks not a bad thought a name i know that they're not 
going to necessarily be interested based on the way this season has gone thus far. Alec Manoa. Can we, uh, can we talk a little bit about Alec Manoa? I do think it's interesting. The first thing I'll say about this, I'm a big believer. How can I, how can I phrase this? I'm not a believer in karma. I don't think karma is a real thing. Okay. But I do believe getting humbled. I believe in reaping what you sow. Okay. And I think for Alec Manoa, regardless how how much he truly stood behind the Garrett Cole hate, or if that was just something to kind of get himself going or to, mm-hmm. to spice up a little bit of a rivalry that was already there. Maybe he's just trying to turn the wheels on it a little bit more. I think it's interesting because I saw a tweet and I'll give him credit. It's at Bronx BMBRZ Bronx bombers. He said, Alec Manoa, since calling Garrett Cole a cheater, which whole nother conversation the whole garrett cole cheating thing that that's a whole nother conversation but the fact that alec Manoa called him out since that time he's had a one in seven record hmm. he's thrown 58 innings with an era of 636 hmm. 48 strikeouts and 11 homers allowed garrett cole since getting called out seven and oh record 79 and two-thirds era of 2.82 84 strikeouts and only eight homers allowed i'm I'm not sitting here on Thursday, June 8th, coming to the fence of the Yankees. I never will. I just think it's interesting. That's all I wanted to say. Because if you haven't heard by now, the whole reason we're talking about Alec Manoa is that he was optioned to the Florida Complex League in an attempt to hit the reset button a little bit and see if he can get back on track. Do do we think this happens this year, or do we think that maybe 2023 is a lost cause for Manoa? I think we'll get back. I I think I think it'll be fine. Um, and that's partially because I traded for him in fantasy. It was a buy low situation. I figured he would turn it around, and he did not. Um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna stash him. I'm keeping him. I'm just gonna wait it out. I'm gonna see how many how many starts he gets down there. Um I'll give you I'll trade you Sean Casey for him. <laughs> the mayor. Give me the mayor. Um yeah, no, I think he'll be all right. I think he does come back. I think there's gonna be cause he has that competitive itch. Obviously. He has that competitive itch. So once mechanics get right and the mentality is back and a little bit of confidence, I think he'll be just fine. No, and and I agree with you. He is he is one of the more competitive people you'll find out there, yeah. without a doubt. But where I get concerned is that that's clearly the mechanism that makes him go. That's the approach yeah. that makes him go, is calling guys out, letting letting guys hear it as he's walking off the field after his final inning of the outing. Yeah. He he did his his fair share of that this year, and he and he has really for the the course of his career. His career, yeah. It didn't really seem to help this year. Like it for some reason, as much as he ran his mouth, the outings just con- the the poor outings rather continue to just pile up. And I get it; you don't want to change who you are, but like if that's what drives him, if that's 
if that's what gives him this competitive edge when he goes out there every fifth day and that's not working, I'm, I'm just, I'll be interested to see what they attempt to, to fix, like what their approach is around Manoa as an organization. If that's essentially what drives him and that's not working, like, is there, is there something that they're going to identify mechanically? Is it, purely just a confidence thing like is is he sitting there going i mean i'm i'm trying to let these guys hear it and i'm i'm trying to just be me and that's not working and maybe that's got his confidence down like i i don't know time will tell time will tell but i think it'll be all right you don't i don't think you just randomly lose ace status and he was working his way up to being an ace he really was so I don't I don't think that just goes away. And it's it, it when it's I mean if it's if there's no injury there, it doesn't just disappear. There's something going on. He'll be fine. He'll figure it out. Give him two or three starts down there. It's plenty of time. It's the right time of year to to make this call. Um he'll be all right. It's an interesting conversation to have though, because and I, I want to say it was Danny Vietti on Twitter the other day throughout a a pretty good point where he's talking about how it's really hard in any other sport aside from baseball to have such a fall off from one year to the next. But in baseball, it's not all that like it's rather common to to have a guy just go off one year and then you're looking around for him the next year and he's nowhere to be found. Not to say that's the case with Alec Manoa, but it is intriguing because, I mean, at the end of the day, we're looking at a 1-7, Yeah. And yeah. they're sending him down to to get evaluated. And for the people freaking out, like, I feel like this has been clarified across the baseball world over the last 24 hours enough. But in case you're still wondering, the reason he wasn't, he didn't get sent down to, like, AAA, people are like, oh... They had to send them down to the complex. Like, no, they do that because of the resources they have available there. The mm. the technology, the right, right. The figure the out spin systems. rate, figure out yeah. Right. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. That aren't necessarily accessible at those minor league because I mean, I'm sure we've all been to a minor league facility at one point. They're not exactly state of the right. art. So right. Yeah. Um they'll that's the only right. reason that's happening. I think you'll be all right. And and good for Honestly, good for the Blue Jays organization. I I think we we typically see these scenarios with like a ghost injury, like a mystery injury that sends them to the IL, ends up being you know missing four or five starts, makes some rehab appearances, and then he's back. I think it's I think it's good for them to just be like straight up, he's bad right now. We need we need to go get him right. So there's no injury behind this. He's just not good. So props to them. Because that's what majority of organizations do, and it drives me crazy. You want to talk about the next Ted Williams? Yeah, for real, dude. Hello. <laughs> I mean, we're sitting here. It, the, like at this point, it's not a. It's not like a projection. It's not like a well. Let's see what he can do. Like we're nah. in June now, and he's yeah. still doing it. Like sure, you yeah. can you can talk about whether or not he'll he'll be sitting at four hundred by the end of the year, but in terms of like 
what kind of player is Luis Rice? Like we very well know by this point, not just in this season, but in his career, we know that this is just an elite. And I try not to use that word too often, but he no, is, is elite. A, an elite yeah. contact hitter. And we're over 200 ABs at this point, right? So, yeah, I think it was like two, it's like, I think we we're 225 or something like that. Yeah. Um, the big, the biggest thing for me though, talking about contact hitting is that you see so many people making the point about, well, you look, you get the nerds on here talking about, well, what are his percentile rankings? Like, what does his exit velo look like? What is Who cares? his hard hit percentage <laughs> look like? Does it matter? Does he get on base and put himself in position to score runs to help your team win? Like, we can get into the advanced analytics all we want, and sure, they have their advantages, but at the end of the day, the objective as a hitter is to hit the baseball and to get on base. Luis Arias does that at a clip right now of 403. He does that at a clip of 400 plus. So I'll take that over a Joey Gallo who, yeah, can bop him a little bit, but is sub 200 when it comes to getting a hit. Like, yeah, that may be an unpopular opinion, but that's just kind of an old, old school approach or an old school way of looking at it. I just, I don't, I, I have a limit when it comes to these advanced analytics because at the end of the day, I'm taking an Luis Arise who hits the he gets on base via the hit four times out of ten. Uh, what are we even talking about? You you just uh, and I'm not attacking Joey Gallo here because I I I don't care enough about Joey Gallo to attack him. Um, but you use the analogy, so I'm just gonna go with it. Luis Arias has 11 strikeouts this year. Joey Gallo has 26 hits. How many walks does Arias have? Is I think it's up in the 20s. Uh, I think 19. 19. Just pulled it up. Yeah, 19. So Luis Arias, who elite contact hitter, has an incredible eye at the plate, has almost as many walks as gallo has hits and look yeah. i'm not here i'm not i'm not about the the strays to gallo we're, no we're not th- here that's to... what i'm saying it's just like an, it's an easy comparison because it's opposite ends of the spectrum so right um but and and i think the the coolest part about this he's 26 you're gonna see this for a while bat to ball skills are one of the last things that fade that's gonna stick around for a while can I just I need to I need to pause. I I don't I realize I just said this and I didn't mean it, but a couple weeks, couple months ago, you pointed out to me that not everybody catches my sarcasm. So I feel like I need to clarify before we no get one too, too, except me. <laughs> before we get too deep honest. into this, I'm not saying Luis Rise is the next Ted Williams. Ted Luis Rise will never be Ted Williams. <laughs> I don't think anybody will ever be Ted Williams ever again. I'm just clarif- I'm, I'm hinting at the fact. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm touching on the fact that we're sitting here approaching the middle of June and he's at 403. Yeah. So, it's worth talking about. Where do you think he finishes at? I mean, that's that's kind of what everybody wants to I'll take give a I'll at. give him probably 370s, 360s, somewhere in that range. 
Um, I'm curious to see. I'm going to pull up his splits to see what see what I see. If he finishes at 380, that would be the highest full season average in the wild card era. Wild card era. Larry really? Walker hit 379 in 1999. Yeah, I mean Let's the wild card see. era is not not too deep. I just want to see like if there's really anything different that he's doing. If you look looking at his splits is one thing, but if you look at his spray chart, like if you're listening and, oh, and you want to you want to see just a yeah picture perfect display of what it means to be a professional hitter, pull yeah. up Luis Arias's spray chart. Yeah, thirty percent pull rate, thirty seven percent up the middle, thirty one percent. I mean, combo. what are we doing? That's insane. That that's absurd. And look, I'm not saying every hitter in ba- Major League Baseball is Luis Arias because if they were, then what he's doing right now wouldn't be special. But don't tell me that it's not possible to make an adjustment at the plate. Like this goes right. back to the whole shift banning conversation. Well, it's just you can't tell a professional hitter to spray the ball around the field. Okay, well then tell me why Luis Arias is doing it. True. Like it's certainly possible, albeit not common, but don't tell me that it's impossible because it is. It's true. I do agree. And he's seeing, I mean, he's seeing everything. He's getting fast fastballs 50% of the time, but it's what a stud. What a stud. I, um, this I think officially allows me to forgive him for last year. No. You don't think so? No, that not. I I can't forgive him for last year, and I never will. I don't think I can. It's it's too painful. It's it's too hard for me to give this guy credit after the way last year ended. I'm just I, I'm not a fan. I won't say I'll never forgive him, but I'm certainly not going to be one of those people being like, "Oh yeah, dude, this guy's going to finish at four ten by the end of the season." No. Yeah. I'd say I'll give him like three. I'll give him 370. I'll give him 370, but I I'm not going any higher than that. Only because of last year. Um it's he's he's about his career average for hard hit percentage too. So, it's obvious he just has crazy back control right now. Everything looks to be pretty much normal. Ground ball percentage is slightly higher than what he's used to. So I think that is a bit of the shift. But I'm not going to give him this 403 average solely because of the shift. Dude's working for it. It's fun to watch. Talk- I think talking- I saw something 26 or 27 multi-hit games this year. 27, I believe. So again, just put that in perspective. Joey Gallo has 26 hits. There you go. Uh, <laughs> what, dude? Come on. We're at a point now where, and I'm not making this up, quite literally, if he goes two for five in a game, that does nothing. That yeah. does nothing for him. So yeah. just if you're trying to wrap your head around what it what it means hit 400, 
That's what it means. Uh, we're talking a lot about hard hit balls, talking a lot about bat and balls. You could make the argument that's a euphemism. Yeah. Uh, I'd love for you to maybe dive into that a little bit. All right. Let's talk pubes. Uh-oh. Well, we don't need to. Father's do Day is right around the corner, and you haven't gotten your dad anything yet. I haven't. I don't know about you. Don't worry. That's where the sponsors of today's show manscaped comes in you and i know he needs some serious grooming in his life so grab your dad the performance package 4.0 go to manscaped.com and use promo code you already know 30 take type it out t-h-r-e-e-o-h-t-a-k-e for 20 percent off and free shipping don't forget that part most people just give you 20 percent off we're giving you both that's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code 30 take. I um I was telling you the other day, because everyone knows about like the little lawnmower thing that they've got for, for the boys down south. But I got their beard trimmer. Um, it's actually like really nice. And I started using it on my head because, you know, nothing, nothing going on up top anymore. So I started using that. And honestly, it's really solid, dude. Like, really high quality. Um, ball deodorant. Use some today. It's really nice during the summer. Keeps the boys smelling nice. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. There's not too many misses going on at Manscaped. I'm a big, big advocate of the, I mentioned it in the group text the other day, the boxer briefs that they have. Dude, Me too. Those are delightful i'm i'm and i this is not me blowing smoke truly yeah some of the most if not the most comfortable i've ever worn i think i've got four or five pairs i bought they a three pack are individually. incredible yeah. those are on there everything nate talked about's on there you can get all of that yeah they've gotten into like a lot of beard stuff too. You can get like beard shampoo, beard conditioner, beard balms. Yeah. Oils. So it's not just like, Hey, come trim your balls. It's like, we got a lot of stuff going on. So highly, highly recommend looking into it. If it's not for dad, just do it for you. So. It's a total package. Pun intended. Yeah, definitely pun intended. No, but speaking of packages, they, they really, they have some great options on there for like, it's like a, they give you a full-on bundle, man. Mm-hmm. They they throw everything in there. Uh, the nose so. trimmer, too. The nose trimmer. Also, side note, I found there's there's one hair that likes to come out of my right ear. So um, it works for that, too. <laughs> there you go. So. If that works for Nate, it'll work for you. Yeah, it'll 30 hits different. My word. There's just hairs coming out of everywhere. So 20% off plus free shipping. Big Promo code right 30take. That's our social handle. Be sure to check it out. Uh, real quick, let's run through some uh, noteworthy performances as of late. Let's start off the top real quick with uh, another Blue Jays arm who's uh, actually throwing it rather well. Mm. Not We're not talking like a 1-7 with a 6-3-6. Kevin Gosman. Yep. His last outing. Seven complete, four hits, one earned run, 13 Ks, which I believe I read was a tie for his career high, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's the only 
pitcher in baseball with five 11 plus strikeout games this season. Um, as I saw a tweet from, uh, I'll give him credit here. Views on the six. I said, Kevin Gosman's 2023 season. He's got a two, six, three ERA, a whip of 1.07, a 6.3 strikeout to walk ratio leads the American league in game started innings, pitch strikeouts, FIP and K's per nine. They said, here's where it gets even crazier. He's allowed eight runs in a start twice this season. Yeah. The other 11 starts, he's had an ERA of 1.09, a whip of 0.92, and a 6.9K to walk ratio. Goodness. I, And I'm not saying this because I'm a fantasy team. I don't think Kevin Gosman is getting the respect he deserves at no. this point in the season. Like This no. isn't this just is like a... Stuff. Yeah, exactly. This isn't just like a oh, we had a good month. Let's call him the the pitcher of the month or whatever. Like he's he is proving that this, as you said, is Cy Young worthy stuff here. Throwing frisbees too. Throwing frisbees. I love that he's found himself. To be honest, because um, he used to just be a power pitcher. He used to just be here's ninety nine. Deal with it. Basically a two, maybe three pitch pitcher, power change up. Now it's like everything, and this sinker that he's developed is just gross, dude. We're talking like Roy Halladay movement type stuff. So if you haven't gotten a chance to watch him pitch, I recommend, you know, just locking in and just watch a full start from him. You'll see that this this is special. This is exactly what the Blue Jays need. And it's crazy to me that like when you talk about Bassett being there, if Manoa gets back to just being close to what he was, Barrios can be close to what he's supposed to be. That's a dangerous rotation. Seems like Kikuchi's kind of started to find himself a little bit too. So like, yeah. And the Blue Jays haven't even really gone offensively yet. Haven't even really popped off yet. Collectively, so, like you, yeah. you certainly have your standouts, but yeah, as a unit, I I think I think that's crazy. I think the Blue Jays are coming. I really do. I don't think it's going to be held down much longer. So good for Ogazi. Talking about holding it down, I want to give some love to the Braves bullpen. Not really much to go into here. Just had a note. They've allowed one earned run over the past seven games entering Thursday. So Braves bullpen, nasty as advertised. Uh, speaking of the bullpen, Felix Batista, want to give some love to him. Dude has been on one. We've talked about him a time or two the past few episodes. but The mountain. Just, he has 60 strikeouts over 29 innings pitched which is more strikeouts than 23 qualified starting pitchers. Goodness. So again, while everybody, including us, was panicking about the moves they made, Jorge Lopez, the moves maybe they didn't make, they the Orioles, they knew. They knew. They said, they stand by. Uh, Michael Waka. Waka Waka. Earned the win on Wednesday. He allowed two hits and a walk over six scoreless against the Mariners. Struck out seven. He is now 4-1 and one with an incredible 1.05 ERA over his last seven starts. And by the way, he was the pitcher of the month in May. 
that hurt you at all reading that? No, same, same goes with Eovaldi. Like, yeah, it hurts me. Like, oh man, look at what could have been, but mm-hmm. I can't, I can't be rewriting history here. If you go back, I was, I was more than okay with Waka, letting Waka go. I was more than, mm-hmm. more than okay letting Eovaldi go. Cause I just, I just, I, I wasn't seeing it. And like you were, like you said earlier, we're, we're talking about guys that have like found themselves again yeah. and, and, in any of all these case and possibly Waka's case are even better than what they used to be. So yeah, I can't sit here and pretend like I was clamoring for them to stick around, but uh wanted to shed some light on that a little bit. Um Ellie De La Cruz. Good. Let's, let's talk about the Reds here for just a minute. Hits his first career home run in a second major league game. A nuke. Did you see the video? Nuke. That yeah. was a legitimate nuke. Like the last, yeah. what, five rows maybe? Yeah. It was the hardest hit ball of any red this year. Saw that. 458 feet. I don't believe that. I don't buy I don't that either. for a second. I like, don't either. That looks like 475 all day. Uh, that's... Did you... 143 feet high, dude. I don't know what's more exciting. That or did you see him run the fastest triple? Yeah. Uh, this year? Where was it? it tripled on a curveball in the third. Uh, reached third in 10.83 seconds. The fastest time in the major leagues this season, according to StatCast. Faster than Lord Farquaad out in, in Phoenix. So Correct. I mean... That's real speed. This, it gives me like O'Neill Cruz vibes, but yeah. almost better. Yep. And I, I saw I saw somebody make a good point. I, I forget who it was, but they were talking about how he's just like, he's fell into this role so seamlessly. And he just, even in just a few games, you already feel like he belongs here. And he... You yeah. feel you almost feel like he's been here for a number of seasons at this point. He just blends right in. It's going too. Like it's got since he going. It's oh, yeah. got the boys rolling, dude. Uh when's last night they had their second straight walk off win. Will Benson, who by the way, was his first career home run. Uh he became the third Reds player with a walk off home run for his first career home run. They extend the Dodgers losing streak to four. Uh, the vibes are high. Yeah, in Cincy right now. I like it. I'm here for it. I'm a fan. It's, it's a, dope, dude. It's a baseball town, man. Did you see the the home run that he hit? Um, I didn't like read any details. All I saw was the picture that he took, but it was like a, with a group of kids that were obviously like teenage baseball guys. Um, it looked like it to me. It was the guy that got the ball. Right, but he was with a group of all of his buddies. Yeah, he that was like the negotiation. He, yeah, the, I guess the guy was like, that? the guy apparently could have gotten a bunch of money for it, but he was just like, no, I want to get a picture with with De La Cruz and and my boys. And yeah, they he got him like signed balls and everything. So so it, sick. It panned out. It was sick. And he like, did you see him rounding third after he he dapped up the third base coach? Yeah, give him a like little, the rolls little dab right after. like seamlessly right <laughs> into a dab. I'm like, 
This okay, man, okay, dude. Is this guy all over the place. Oh my goodness, he belongs. Dripping, dripping. He the, belongs. I saw some. I saw some story. I have no idea where it was. Sorry for not giving credit. Um, there was like this little um, two-year-old girl. I don't know if you saw this. There's like this two two-year-old girl. Um, that was like she's like struggling with some health stuff and and she went to the hospital and she's like in the hospital room and um she's they're watching the reds game they're from ohio and they're watching the reds game and ellie goes off and the the crowd is chanting ellie and her name is ellie and so she's two and she was like she thought that all the reds fans were like chanting for her I was like, it was just this, like, kind of like this little sweet thing that's like, you know, when you're a kid, that, and I'm sure Ellie De La Cruz is probably going to be her favorite player for the rest of her life. So it's just, it's cool, man. I love baseball. And that's such a, I love it for the Reds, dude. I, it's, it's such a, that's definitely a baseball city. We saw it at opening day. Like, they're itching for success. And it looks like Jonathan India is kind of doing his thing again. So let's get, let's get it rolling. Let's get it rolling in Cincy. Let's get it rolling. Um, weekend series to watch, unless you got anything else? Want to get into this? Uh, yeah, my last thing uh, before we get into this, um, Peter Alonzo is a twelve-year-old in a man's oh, body. Oh yeah, dude, how could we, how did we not talk about this? Go ahead okay. and toss that in, please. So Alonzo hits a bomb off Bryce Elder. I'm so glad you reminded me of this because I I was just sitting on this for the last couple of days. So Peter Alonzo hits a bomb off Bryce Elder, comes back, he's chirping Bryce Elder. Oh, throw it again, throw it again, throw it again. Was it not in the same game? that Jeff McNeil dropped the ball trying to get it to the infield like three times, which that's just baseball poetry. I don't care how you, yeah, how you feel I about know. Peter Alonzo. I don't care how you I feel know. about the Mets. That's just baseball poetry. Um, and then they go on. Was it that night or the next day? The Braves walked him off next day, the next day. Just come on, dude. Yeah. Like when are you going to have some self-awareness? I, Seriously. I tell, I tell Meredith this all the time. One of my biggest pet peeves, and I'm I'm probably not the greatest when it comes to this, but in my in my fallen state, my biggest pet peeve is when people lack self awareness, and it always I seems agree. to come out when you go to Costco when you're when you're trying to get True. to where you're going. It's places packed, and people are just you know just stopping in the middle of the aisle to send a text real quick, or just you know yeah. gazing upon the the shelves. But Peter Alonzo. Take taking it into a baseball sense, just no self awareness. I'm all for being yourself, but at a certain point, like you have to recognize up. that being yourself just never works out. It, it when you always that, get in trouble. When has that ever been a thing? When have you ever seen that at the major? Throw it again, please. Throw it again. I would yell at my kid if I was coaching a 12U team. If that got chirped out. I'd be like, dude, you're done. Sit down. It's absurd that this guy does this all the time. And then his ridiculous post-game interview. Did you see the post-game interview? Oh, I didn't say what was I anytime Peter Alonzo comes up on my screen, I just kind of tune out. But post-game interview, he was like, 
it's just the heat of competition. If you were to put a hot mic in all the dugouts, you'd hear this stuff all the time. I didn't mean anything by it. It was just the heat of competition. Like, dude, you're that, such. That might be uh, true, but nobody else on a hot mic would sound like such a tryhard like you do. It's that it's, simple. Like, It's very it's, simple. It's such a forced persona. It's you're not tough. You're, you're not, not tough. You're like to bring back that that TikTok or whatever. You're not that guy, pal. Like no. you're just not that guy. And I think Mets fans see it. I think I bet you his own teammates see it. They're like, oh god, this guy again. Because when for those who played, we all had that guy where he like they're just running their mouths. They're like, okay, like yeah. even on this summer league team I played on a couple years ago, I, there or like last year I think there was a guy on my team where he would just start chirping the other team. And it's a Sunday league where the ump's getting paid like $10 a game. And he's like chirping on the team. I'm like, dude, like Stop. half of those guys on the team have like multiple children. I don't think yeah. any of them really care. No. And kind of, it's kind of the same thing here where it's like, you're not proving any point because people know who you like. They know the kind of guy you are. Like you're not, you're not getting anybody charged up in the sense no. of like, oh, what did what did Pete just say? They're probably laughing it off. I bet you everybody yeah. in the Braves dugout's going, okay, here goes freaking Peter again. Freaking man child. I can't just I can't shut deal with it anymore. Up. Shut up. Please. I can't I can't deal with it anymore. What a what a clown. Um, all right, weekend series to watch. Now we got That's that out of our be system. Three or four consecutive episodes of us talking noise on Peter. I love it. Well, I mean, when you when you're a, uh, I'm gonna choose my words carefully here. When when you're Peter Alonzo and you do the things you do, it's gonna get, it's gonna get talked about, and hopefully it gets talked about enough to the point where it kind of goes away and he just kind of fades off and just kind of is. It quiet bugs again. me that he hits so many home runs. Like, serious question: Has Max Muncie, like uh, Dodgers fans, I'd I'd be curious to know, like. Has Max Muncy kind of faded into the not in terms of performance, but just kind of like running his mouth because there for a bit, I feel like he was he was. Here's my on the thing top about that: more than I don't remember too much outside of the response to Mad Bum, and now that the years have passed of us Mad Bum just being butthurt about everything that happened to him, it kind of makes sense for him to clap sure. back that way. Sure. So, but outside of that, I haven't I haven't seen anything. Obviously, I don't watch the Dodgers every day, right. so I don't know if maybe he's he's drawn it back a little bit. But like, Peter, dude, you're just a freaking weenie. You're just a weenie. I every time I hear his name, I go back to those corny uh, commercials that the team made with Donnie Diesel or whatever. Yeah, that was peak corniness for me. Um. All right, weekend series watch. We gotta run through these real quick. I'll let you start us off because you wanted to add a little uh, little feature to our weekend series, a little fantasy twist. Yeah, I'll let you start us off. Yeah, a little weekend matchup that. Uh, although I think mine's gonna be a lot more boring than yours, so yeah, it's probably a good thing I'm starting. Um, let's talk fantasy with the weekend matchup. Why not? Things to watch. So I'm taking first time of the year. Red Sox playing against the Yankees in New York. Um, reason mine's a little boring is because the Yankees rotation is just 
it's it's just puzzle pieces at this point. So it's all TBD. So everything I have for you pitching wise is all Red Sox stuff. Um, Garrett Whitlock going supposed to go Friday, barring any of this Canadian smoke. Um, so far this this year, I think you can speak to it better than I can. But Garrett Whitlock has been eh. Uh, five starts so far this year. His last one out was on June 3rd against Tampa. Resulted in three fantasy points. Um, he went four and two-thirds. Gave up four. Um, he has 32 points in fantasy for this year. He's only rostered in 8.8% of leagues. So it seems this like is it's all, a... This is all according to our league setup. So yeah. It'll vary league to league. Yeah, it'll but, vary a little bit, but... Um, the point remains, been... been yeah. pedestrian yeah to say the least uh tanner hauk i didn't realize he's back in the rotation so is the flip-flopping both, just continues both guys that should be in the bullpen but okay because we did nothing in the offseason and when i say nothing i mean nothing because you can say well, literally nothing. what about Corey kluber what yeah. about Who? bringing back james no. paxton no while some may had their maybe had their moments at times, yeah. that's not it. That's not, not the cut fix. It. Um, Jenner Houck in eleven starts this this year. Uh, he has seventy nine points on the year. The last time out against Tampa was on the fourth. Two points, gave up four in five innings, um, walked four, struck out six. Rostered in only five percent of leagues, um, and then. Bayo is going on Sunday. Is it Bayo Bello? Bayo. Bayo. Brian Bayo going on Sunday. Um, nine starts this year. Has 75 points. Um, he's averaging 8.3 starts or 8.3 points per start, um, which is basically what he had his last time out against Tampa, eight points. So I think there's probably a little something there, right? I feel, I feel like Red Sox fans are, there's somewhat of a promising future for him ish kind of i'm not super high on them but i'm not i'm also not gonna i'm not gonna just totally write the guy off he's still got he's still got time but yeah um on the offensive side i grabbed just a couple guys to pay attention to look i i don't i don't get it yoshida needs a lot more love than what he's been receiving and, and maybe it's just because he's playing for a team that's struggling but i mean he's hitting 318 this year um Seven home runs, 33 RBIs. Uh, his last week, is uh, he's nine for 28. Um, so he's just like, he, you just roll him out there, and, and I think he's going to hit 310, 315 every month, without a doubt. Uh, crazy bat-to-ball skills. Um, he's got 174 points in fantasy this year. He is the number three ranked outfielder in fantasy um so he's listed as outfield he doesn't have a specific left field center field right field but ranked third he's averaging 3.2 points per game um on the other hand i'm gonna be honest with you i had no idea who to choose for the yankees i i'm lost i don't even know how they're winning baseball games i genuinely have no idea the lineup is brutal i think willie calhoun is gonna hit fourth for the next week or so well, judges out. I just I don't I don't understand how this is happening. I chose Rizzo because he's having somewhat of a of a good year. Uh, he's hitting two eighty nine. He's got eleven jacks. Uh, 
most most are short port jacks, but whatever. Um, but this last week has just been painful. Uh, he's one for 14, uh, 6Ks, two walks. Uh, he does have 129 points in fantasy this year. Um, he's ranked 12th as, as first baseman goes. So someone's got to step up. I think this guy needs to be the guy that steps up and judges absence. So it was presented to us that we should entertain the idea of putting a wager on this series. I don't want to. Let me, yeah. (laughs) I just want to say before we even decide that, I just want to say, I, well, I'm glad to know you feel that way because I, I just don't know if I have the energy for it. Like I, I even said, I was like, this would be great, you know, kind of get the socks juices flowing again because I just need something to get me going. Yeah. I tried the last day or two to kind of get myself in that, in that, yeah, that frame of mind. I, I couldn't dude. I, the more I, the more I think about it with each day that passes with, with each game that that's played, I just can't help, but, or like, I can't shake the way I felt about the team on opening day and Mm -hmm. really going back to like January where I'm just like, this is not, this is not the product that had to be on the field this year. You could have done so much better than what's currently out there. And so I'm not going to sit here and waste my time overly investing myself in a team that didn't have to be in this situation. You look, people can point to the record all they want. 500 is not going to cut it in the American league East. And you knew that Heim ownership. You can sit there and say, well, it's because we play in the American league East. Otherwise, we're doing pretty we're doing okay though. You don't play in a division outside of the American League East. You knew what was gonna happen yeah. in the division this year because it happened seemingly every year. So don't don't try to like again convince us that this is a product worth watching because it's not. I mean, you even got the guy that you, it's you ugly you, baseball. You the guy you paid three hundred plus, Rafael Devers, he's not exactly pulling his three hundred plus weight. I don't mean literally <laughs> I'm saying he's not pulling the weight of his contract at this particular point in time. Yeah. The defense, as we've talked about, oh. and even since the last time we talked about it has been absolutely Awful. T-ball level. What was that toss to Cassis yesterday? Do you see that? I don't, it was like a, it was like a six foot toss from the second baseman to Cassis stretches and the ball is a foot and a half above his glove. It I, I don't understand. I was told Cassis was going to be a problem. Well, that's doesn't really seem to be the case. I told <laughs> Kike was going to be uh, perfectly okay at shortstop. He's I, I, last I checked, he leads baseball in errors. Uh, where where else do we go? We already talked last time about how two of the starting pitchers that were in the rotation on opening day are now in the bullpen. Um, where else? Two bullpen do we guys go? are now in the starting rotation. <laughs> Like Alex Ordugo has, he's had his moments this year for yeah. sure. He's been one of the 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 more talked about names without a doubt on that team. But collectively, just as mediocre as mediocre can get, and it's yeah. not even it's not it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. All that to say, I don't 
really know. Do we just want to like? Have we a can do. Ju- we can do some if you want. I no, genuinely I was, feel like the Red Sox have an edge this weekend, but I certainly we can, don't. <laughs> we can, I don't. We could do something. Do you want to take the Yankees? I'll take the, the Red Yan- Sox. <laughs> the Yankee. Yeah, maybe that'll get the juices flowing a little bit. I'll pull for the Yankees this weekend. See if that'll that'll do something for me. Because I feel no, oh, I am lifeless man. when it comes to the Red Sox right now. Like oh. just nothing. I I'll give the Yankees the edge because they've had to battle through. Uh, I th- I don't know. I, everyone is hurt. Everyone. No, no. I was gonna say they've just had to battle through like apocalypse type stuff That's up true. there. Like they they're That's they're true. they're some hardened vets right now. So maybe I'll give them the edge this weekend because Yankees have been playing like some rag dolls. Um, all I have to say, maybe a gentleman's agreement that we uh, postpone this to a later date. I I I just don't. Ha- I, I'm sorry. I just don't have the juice for it right now. I'm down to save it. I'm down let's, to save it. Let's it's, punt. Let's punt. Yeah. Let's punt. Just, well, just bad. It's just yeah. bad baseball on both sides. So we'll see. With that said, let me run through my series. Uh, I little, love your series. That's... Little shout out to Nate. I was a little busy with work, so he he ran the numbers for me here. Um, actually, I'll just you you can run through it. I'll I'll just let you run through it. You want me to run through it? Yeah, feel free to run through it. All right. Well, you did the work. I'll I'll let you I'll let you care. shine with it. Um, heck of a heck of a matchup. Rangers in Tampa. Um, I I love what we're seeing pitching wise. Every game is gonna have something to watch. Uh, you got Heaney going uh, game one against Glass now. Um, Heaney in eleven starts this year. Um, got one hundred and eleven points in fantasy, averaging 10, 10 points a start. Um, last time I was a little shaky. Actually, rocked a negative five point loss against Seattle. Um, I don't know what happened to that. I wasn't watching. I don't know if there was some type of injury or maybe it's a quick hook. But three earned runs in three innings, so nothing great there. But overall, I mean, I think Heaney's still been solid fantasy wise. Um, Glass now going game one. Like I said, um, just two starts. This will be his third start this year. Um, had 13 points against Boston, uh, last week in fantasy, uh, only gave up one earned run in five and a third. So, uh, three walks though. So I think, yeah, he's still figuring stuff out. He's still getting ramped up. So I think, I think he's, I think he's slowly getting back to what he, what we're used to. Um, Nathan Eovaldi going game two for Texas. Just continuing his stud performance in 2023. 26 point outing against Seattle last week. Um, six innings, one hit, no earned runs, no walks, seven Ks. He's averaging 17.9 points per start. He is the number two ranked starting pitcher in fantasy with 215 points so far. Um, he's going up against Taj Bradley for Tampa. Uh, in seven starts for Taj, uh, doing all right, I'd say. He's averaging 12.6 points per start. Um, last time out against Boston, you know, got 10 points. Um, you know, typical stuff, five innings, two in runs, three walks, six Ks. So pretty decent. Um, it, it just seems like the Rays can roll out whatever name and you're going to get an okay performance no matter what. So it's kind of annoying. 
Martin Perez going game three for the Rangers. Um, in 12 starts this year, he's got 105 points. Um, he's averaging 8.8 points per start. So really hot start, but I think he's kind of fizzled off and come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, although his last start was pretty solid against St. Uh, Louis, 22 points, went seven innings, three hits, no one runs. Uh, and then we've got the stud of all studs, Shane McClanahan going for the Rays, game three. In 13 starts this year, he is rocking 209 points. That's an average of 16 points per game. Um, he is ranked the number fourth. He's ranked the fourth uh, starting pitcher in, in fantasy. Um, so, you know, just studs on top of studs going each game. Definitely a great pick. Definitely a great pick. I would watch that one all day. Uh, my two guys that I want to watch offensively are two guys that it's just hard to look away from the TV when they're up. Uh, Marcus Simeon, as we know, is just on a tear this year. He's sitting 299, nine jacks. He's got 50 RBIs and he's got 56 runs already. Dude is having himself a year. Averaging 3.7 points per game. He has 224 points in 2023. Uh, that is number one amongst all second basemen. He is the number one second baseman in fantasy. Uh, this past week or so, still doing his thing. He's got four doubles, seven runs, six RBIs, only two strikeouts. So just doing typical stuff. Uh, Wander Franco chose him because why not? He's the number one ranked shortstop in fantasy. Uh, hitting 308 this year, seven jacks, 38 runs, 29 RBIs. Um, hang on, did I write that correctly? Does he have 21 stolen bases? That I that couldn't have been right. You Let keep going. See. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Sheesh. Um, same thing this past week. Just been doing his thing. Seven for 16, four doubles, three runs, two walks, two Ks. So you're seeing guys with bat-to-ball skills. You're seeing guys that are leading the league in many ways. And it's just really fun to watch. Confirmed. 21 stolen bases. Goodness, dude. Goodness. Wander's the real deal. Is that all we got? That's all we got. Heck of a matchup, though. That'd be the one I'm... Uh, don't even listen to mine. I just chose that one because it's the first matchup of the year, and I kind of regret choosing it now. So I would watch yeah, so the other just, one. <laughs> yeah, just pretend we didn't even talk about that yeah. and uh, just go watch the Rangers and Rays. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Nate for doing all that all that digging. Uh, yeah, I was trying to get... Look, uh, I don't care about the people complaining about fantasy. Um, I, I think most of us that are that are partaking in this podcast whether you're talking or listening like fantasy you play fantasy baseball so um sorry we're going to talk about it a little bit we're going to get into certain things at different times but i think we this might is a pretty easy way to do bit. it yeah i think this is an easy way to do it though um talk it about our our matchups and, and stuff to watch and players you should look out for we're going to try to introduce some different things with fantasy uh, some waiver forward. pickup guys yeah so it's gonna be here it's here to stay if you don't like it i don't really care unless you got anything else that's all i got have a great weekend uh we will see you guys next week
Don't Enjoy some baseball. Curveballs in those smoke, man. You got smoke all over the place. Keep the eyes clear. Don't go chasing any curveballs. We love y'all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.